Welcome to On Topic Retro, or should I say On Topic Modern, as this is a special bonus episode of On Topic Retro, uh, where I've chosen to broke, break the rules this time, and maybe more times in the future, depending on if anything kind of scratches that itch that I just have to talk about that's a new game, because I don't get to do that very often. Uh, and tonight, we're going to talk about a very special game, the one and only Ghost of Tsushima. And while I'm doing that, I will have joining me a very special guest, John Bassey. How hey, are you doing? Good man? evening. What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Uh, we were going to have a couple other guys join us, but I think they had some uh, things pop up. So uh, tonight you just get uh, the sultry sounds of John Bassey and I, and we'll try to keep it uh on topic and, and entertaining with just the two of us. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And as normal, uh, we'll break the game down front to back, starting with our experiences with the game, which ought to be pretty fresh on the mind since this is a relatively new new game and we both have just played it. In fact, you kind of just whipped right through it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I played it over the last month or so. I kind of flew through this one. Well, I'll let you go ahead. You can get started. Let's, let's cool, man. hear your experiences with the game. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, so I played this on the PS5. Uh, I got the director's cut that they had released. Um, I had recently just gotten my PS5 in, in April, and it was sort of a perfect storm. I was looking for this meaty open-world game, game to play, and I heard really good things about it. Um, I had some buddies who played through it and really enjoyed it. Um, and I was looking uh, just to see if any anybody had it on sale. And just by happenstance, I found it on sale at Best Buy. Um, so I swung over there. They had one copy, picked it up, um, brought it home, threw it in, and immediately just taken back by it. It's it's such a gorgeous game. The, the setting, everything. I know we're going to get into all the details, but... Um, you know, everything from, from the, the integrated controller experience that they had on PS5 to, to the visuals, to, to the gameplay, every, everything about this one is just such a, a top-notch experience. Um, if anyone's looking for an open-world game and you have a PlayStation and have access to this, like, absolutely recommend it. Um, you know, I played this to completion, uh, mostly completion, I'd say. I got the Platinum Trophy. I went all the way. Uh, played through the the Icky Island DLC that that was part of the director's cut, um, and man, um, some open world games for sure they don't respect your time. Looking at you, Assassin's Creed, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this game, man, e- even the side missions, and I say most of them, that just how they built into the main story and everything is just so incredible. Um, and, and I loved every second of it. I couldn't stop playing it as soon as I started. Yeah, and I'm glad that you played it on PS5 because you'll have you'll be able to break that down a little bit more. I I, I played it on PS4, so uh, I didn't have the awesome haptic feedback controller experience, and because I'm sure there was some pretty cool stuff integrated yeah. into that. Uh, but I mean, I've seen the game played on PS5, and it does look just like a a notch better than PS4. But even if you have a PS4 only, don't don't shy away because it's still a beautiful game on PS4. Uh, 
but yeah, I I had a very similar time uh, with the game. Found my copy, <clears throat> excuse me, on Black Friday of, I believe it was the year before. No, wait a minute. When did this this game came out in 2020. 2020, yeah. So maybe I, maybe I got it last year. So maybe I didn't have it as long as I thought. But uh, picked it up on Black Friday, stewed around on a little bit. I think I started it in February, February or late January of this year. And I uh, was just kind of looking for something different to play. Uh, I've been playing my Switch primarily for at least the last couple of years. I haven't really touched my PS4 a whole lot just for a handful of games that I, I've just wanted to try. I guess I haven't had anything really gra- that has made me gravitate towards it in a while. So I heard good things about this game, had some buddies recommend it. And uh, so I finally had it in my hands and it, it hooked me. Like I, I was telling you before uh, that we got started. I think I played through the first act in two days, like the majority of it. I didn't hundred percent this game, but like I didn't shy away from any side quests. I uh, played, played the game similar to how I played breath of the wild where Basically, if I ran across it or, you know, was in somewhat proximity, I would just go check it out. And uh, I don't know that the map, the map doesn't feel quite as big as Breath of the Wild. Maybe with all three parts together, it might be. Yeah, but it has that similar good, feel. Question. It does. It has a similar feel where it's not just jam packed with things, which is fine because it doesn't have to be like. There's so much about just wandering around and looking at things just with how good the game looks. I don't need there to be a bunch of towns and like just random filler things. You know, they do, they do a good job. There's a mob, you know, on the road all the time. You can, you know, if you're looking for combat, things like that. But uh, yeah, no, the game just like grabs you like the the game mechanics, the graphics, just how the story rolls out. This is a book. I mean, it, it's it amazing. Really is. Uh, and yeah, it didn't take me very long. I, I played, I think it took me a little bit longer than you to beat, just because I took a break from it for a little bit to play something else. But as soon as I was uh, done with that, I hopped right back in and it felt like I never stopped playing. So that says something to a lot of games. You'll, you'll quit. If you take a break, you're lost. You're totally lost when you come back. This game felt like I never quit. You know, I just picked up the controller the combat just fell right back into to motion and just carried on. So that says something about a game when you can do that. It's not overly complicated where, you know, some of these, like, like you're playing dark souls, like you have to like get in the mindset and get ready and, and, yes. you know, prepare for that. Yeah. There was <laughs> definitely to... some timing, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, needed for some of the parries and everything, but depending on what, difficulty you played it on you definitely yeah. have some wiggle room there it's not too punishing but still pretty challenging no. yeah this isn't Sekiro <laughs> this is yeah, the other exactly the other samurai game <laughs> but yeah so uh experiences out of the way I guess we'll go ahead and start to break down the game itself
I will give kind of like a uh, a warning per se that we're we're not going to shy away from spoiling the story. So if uh, if you want to just hear about the the game mechanics, I'll try to put a timestamp in for when we talk strictly about the game mechanics, and uh, you can kind of skip the story part if you want. Um, as I highly recommend if you haven't played the game, not to get the sto- story spoiled too much because there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in between. Uh, it takes quite a bit of twists and turns through the through the whole game. So I will definitely try to do that for you guys and leave a, a timestamp so you can skip it. Uh, <clears throat> but before we get to story, we're going to talk a little bit about the game's uh, development and just the general overview of the game. Uh, it was released on July 17, 2020, not too long ago. I'm used to talking about games that are like 20, 30 years old. This one's two years old, not even two years old yet. <laughs> Developed by Sucker Punch Productions, which gives us games like Sly Cooper and Infamous. Uh, they've pretty much been PlayStation. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's a PlayStation owned uh, company or if it's. They are now. I don't know if they always were, but yeah, I don't know if they always were a a PlayStation studio now. Okay. I didn't look that up beforehand. I wasn't really that, uh, informed about sucker punch before I, uh, played this game. I hadn't really thought about it a whole lot. Um, I think I played a little bit of infamous on PS3. Uh, when I got my PS3, I think it was one of the PlayStation plus games one time Mm -hmm. and it was all right. It just, uh, it wasn't what I was playing at the time, so. And I never played any of the Sly Cooper games. I didn't have a PS2 growing up, so I missed those. And then I was kind of looking back through their back catalog, and the game that I would have played out of all these is Rocket Robot on Wheels. So, <laughs> and that was on the N64, <laughs> which might be a game that uh, a lot of you have played, or it might be a game that none of you played. It's, it's, uh, I, I seem to find a random group of people that know this game and then I'll find other groups that have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know, uh, Dan shares a, a love for rocket robot on wheels. So that's, we connect there, but yeah, that, that was a rental back in the day. Oh sure. yeah. It's a fun one. I mean, they, they definitely have, they have their, their formula like packed down, like from the beginning, like they've, they've been making open world, like, collecting puzzle type games or like adventure games from the start. And you definitely see it kind of evolve as they, as they go on. Uh, and, and just how much time and, and love is put into this game, like reading about all the things that they did to make sure that the game came across as it did. There's a lot of work there. The, <clears throat> from what I read the same, you know, the, this team is the same team that did infamous and, they're wanting to do like another open world project. And they loved how the idea of players making choices in infamous, like kind of drove the game. So they wanted to continue on that same kind of uh, idea for their next game. And they apparently considered like several ideas for this next game. But the one that really kind of hit home was a story set in feudal Japan. But from what I could read, they had like, either they want to do a pirate game or three musketeers or 
they even mentioned that they wanted to do a game possibly about a the Scottish outlaw Rob Roy McGregor, which I've never heard of. Neither have I. That would be pretty I, cool, though. I, yeah, I, I can see I can see the similarities to like Scotland yeah. and like the island of Tsushima, right? That's almost like. <laughs> well, yeah, and all these and stories are about like, that. yeah, they're all about like liberating or, uh, you know, invaders type yep. situations. So yeah, I could totally see it and. I'm glad they stuck with Feudal Japan because like, I find the game very interesting. I mean, a lot of people that play games seem to kind of gravitate towards Japan because it's kind of like the birthplace of a lot of the, the types of games that we like to play. Um, so it's kind of neat to see, uh, you know, it's fictional history, but just, you know, it's very well put together to where it seems like you could have grabbed this out of a, a history book. Like, yeah, the very there's enough with yeah, there's enough there together. that, yeah, that you could have easily... If, if somebody didn't know and I told them, you know, and they and they played this game, they would think it was a historical account. They did a very good job of, you know, portraying that. And then again, what I was reading, they they kind of dialed in on on a theme that they wanted and decided they wanted to go with the Mongol invasion of 1274. And then everything else just kind of fell into place from there. And that's how we got the basis for what we've been playing. And as I was saying, kind of some of the care and handling of the, the game development, uh, they brought in cultural experts to make sure that everything came across like correctly and it was all time period specific and correct so that there wasn't any kind of like craziness going on. But uh, I mean, it, it, I feel like if if I took a trip and back in time and went to 1274, this is what I would see. Like that's that's how good they did. Uh, from what I could tell, the only difference, like the one thing that I noticed that they talked about was different from the Japanese, uh, localization of the game was that the haiku as a poem doesn't really come across as well in Japan. Hmm. Uh, so they use the word, uh, waka, which is Japanese for poetry. And I'm not sure which dialect, cause I know there's a few different, uh, uh, dialects for Japanese, uh, but for the one side quest there where, the, where you do, you create the haikus by, you know, experiencing the area that you're in or the kind of going through the environment. Yep. So, but other than that, the, the localization was pretty close. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, I, you know, from being a kid, you know, we learned haikus were Japanese poems, but I guess right. it doesn't have the same meaning to them for or whatnot i couldn't i could fully understand what they were get to at that but i can see where you know if it's a cultural thing that they would want to make the change so it kind of hits home with with them as well sure uh and that's that's pretty much it i mean they they put all the time and effort into creating a very authentic experience with the with the game and the gameplay which we'll get to a little bit later but first we're going to talk about a fictional historical account <laughs> some of the events of the story happened and some of them are not and uh like i said they just do such a good job at blending you know taking a historical account and kind of putting their own touch or their own flavor to it and, and changing some things to make it more interesting i guess
So I'm gonna run through just like a brief piece of the of each part of the story, and then we can kind of like just talk about how we experienced it and what we thought about the story. So like, what would you think with, with the opening sequence of the game and like where it was taking you from there and and how you felt about it? I mean, Im- immediately as you start that game, right? It's like you're already at a ten, basically, right? You're like, oh boy um like things things are going down like buckle up like you're in for a wild ride and you know whenever especially for these open world type of games you know that the first opening sequence is going to teach you like tutorialize right it's going to basic movements you know maybe some combat stuff um but but very very simplistic um sort of scenario that you find yourself in um and i thought that this game ghost of tsushima was just superb with with what it did right you know you're starting on the island the the mongols are there right you know um you're like oh boy here we go um the samurai are outnumbered right you're like oh no and like obviously this is a story about the samurai so you're feeling for them already like oh what's gonna happen um i i wasn't familiar with the story prior to playing through this um but you can kind of see the writing on the wall right it's it's not looking good for for the samurai guys um, and, and rightfully so, you know, uh, it, it doesn't go well for them. Um, but even right at the start, uh, when they start to develop, um, Jin Sakai as, you know, sort of the main protagonist, um, you start to feel for him immediately, right? You know, it's, you know, you, you're not really sure who, who the uncle is. You find out eventually, right? It's your, it's your uncle, but obviously he's the leader and you've got some yep. familial tie to him. Um, you're like, I wasn't sure if he was the dad or not, but I think you find out pretty quickly. Obviously it's not. Um, but yeah, you know, they get slaughtered, man. And it's brutal. You know, you're walking through this beach that's just red, right? The sand is red as you're trying to navigate here. And and it's just like, oh my God, it's, you're like, what have I signed up for? Like, let me figure out how I'm going to play this for another 40 hours, right? (laughs) Like, where's this story going to take us? Yeah, and I mean, right off, right off the beginning, you know, they they start to drill in the importance of the natural code and like the way of yeah. the samurai. Like everything is about honor, uh, especially to the uncle, who's you know a lord of a house, and he's basically taking Jin in, and he's trying to teach him, like, hey, this is this is what you're going to be as a samurai. You, you need to follow all these rules and you you know live by honor and that's that's all he knows and like throughout the the story you kind of start to see like ships things being chipped away and like he he understands that you know there's a time and place for honor but you can't always win every battle that way and like he's trying to turn the tides on things like it's it's pretty crazy like how how they drill that in right at the beginning like everything you do like yeah. he has a little story or like tells you you know different things and like you said right off the bat they hit the beach the battle's on like i don't even think it's maybe like 20 minutes into the game and you're you're getting into the battle and you know you kind of you get to find you get to meet the main protagonist of the game or the antagonist well both yep. <laughs> what, what, yeah what what a great villain yes somebody you love to hate and he's i 
that's how you know a villain is is top notch right when you're just like oh like but what is he gonna do next like you know what i mean you, you can oh, almost yeah. read his movements but then all but not you know he'll surprise you from time to time he's so quick and he's so witty and he's got these samurai figured out uh man it's he, he and he's I mean, awesome you really kind of get i mean especially from like people our age and even uh maybe a little bit younger than us, like have watched the movie Mulan and like the Mongols are in that movie. And like, you kind of yep. like build your idea of how the Mongols were through media. We learned about them in school, but like that was quite a while ago. Like I, I didn't remember a lot of the details of, you know, what happened with the invasion through there. They kind of just like kind of swept through that whole area. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only Japan, but like through China and yeah, a lot of Asia. And they were just known for being ruthless. Like they had no rules. Uh, they would loot and pillage and like, and this game is, there's a pretty good depiction of that. Like he's a, he's a great bad guy just because like you said, he keeps you on your toes. You don't know what you're going to expect from the story next. Cause you don't know what he's capable of doing throughout the whole story. And it yes. just kind of gets meaner and nastier as it goes. Yeah. And, and they really drive that home, especially with your points before John about like, the uncle being bound to honor and how predictable his movements are and how the yep. Mongols have figured that out and how they're using that against him. Um, and then over time as Jin sort of figures out, Hey, you know, we have uh, our, our one path, which is bound by honor, or we have this alternative path, which strays from, from the, the tradition and, and from that honor. Um, but it's the only way, right? Yep. And I mean, right off the bat, you, uh, I mean, like a lot of these types of games, you, you know, you've, they throw you in and you learn a little bit about the combat and then you end up facing, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, it's Koten Khan, who is the, the, the main bad guy that we've been talking about. You end up facing him pretty early on, like you're storming your way through the stronghold at the beginning from the beach. And like the way the scene is being depicted, like everyone around you is just like getting picked off. <laughs> like yeah, you start out in a pretty good sized group and then like people just start vanishing as you're making your way through the stronghold, you get to the bridge and it's your first boss battle basically. And, you know, thinking back at it now, like I kind of wonder if, I don't know if that is beatable or not. Like the, the part where you we're, we're in, in spoiler territory now, right? Um, yes. Okay. Um, the, the part where you're trying to get your uncle back, you figured out where he is or even yeah. before that. No, before that, like right at the, right at the beginning, whenever you're fighting him on the bridge, like the first time you meet him, he's captured um, your uncle. Okay. Yeah. He's captured your uncle. Right. He's captured yeah, I your don't uncle. Know. I, I got my, my butt kicked. I did too. Quick. But like, yeah. I wonder now, like, after playing through the whole game, if you go back and like, if you're good enough, can you just yeah, end the game right there? <laughs> yeah. If you're good enough, can you parry? And like, cause you can still parry like yeah. that. You don't have all of your skills, but you still have the necessary skills. Like he has a life bar and you can get, I, I think I got it like a quarter of the way down before I just got demolished, but it's because I didn't know how to dodge do or anything. anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. do anything. You haven't learned it yet. So it's one of the things I was kind of wondering about, uh, Cause at first, like, I was like, this must be just like one of the generals or, you know, something. Yeah. And you yeah, find you're out still he's not really the... sure if, if he's yeah. like the guy, right? 
Yeah, um, and then I, you just get wiped, and, and you're like, okay, this is the main bad guy, and this yeah. is like the scrimmage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and you know, even before then, right? Like, because you've got the the scene where they get massacred on the beach, right? And then yep. you think, you know, everyone's dead, but you know, surprise, Jin's alive, and he's been saved by this. Uh, you know, you come to find out, like Yuna, another main character in the story, right? You got to get all your, your gear back and then you go do that battle on the bridge. And Oh yeah. I forgot. I thought the battle on the bridge happened first and she finds him. Yeah. And, and off the bridge. I, I just think um, in terms of just the story grabbing you too, it's like you really start to feel for Jin, right? Like you got your ass kicked. Everybody, you know, is dead. And then you try to go save your uncle and you get your ass kicked again. Um, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you're feeling for this guy he's at the lowest of the lows with only you know a thief and 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 sort of somebody he wouldn't have really had a relationship it seemed like before all this um to kind of yeah pull him somebody the gutter and yeah and somebody he wouldn't associate because he was a lord at his house as well yeah uh being the surviving heir to it or whatever but yeah so he meets yuna who's a thief and she's kind of looking for her brother. They get kind of separated during the uh, the attack or whatever, or the invasion. And uh, you find out that the Mongols have taken him. Which is another thing. I really like all of the extra side quest characters that they throw in here that you that you end up recruiting throughout the game. Yeah. Like they they have a lot of interesting story that I'm not even 100% sure that I made it through all of their like to the end of all their stories. Uh, they're, but, they're all so good. I, I'd say all of them, but one were really, really, really good. I, the, uh, the monk, did you do any of the monk missions? I did. I did some of the monk missions, but I didn't finish the monk mission. Yeah. His, his, uh, chain of stories was, was somewhat unforgettable, but all the other ones were so good. And they, th- they progressed over time, right? You couldn't go in and, and do them all right away as you align yeah. more pieces of the story, more pieces of the map, more missions yep. showed up aligned to those characters, which continued on their mini stories, think, which fed into the larger narrative. It's just, everything is, everything's tied so together and it's well done. Yeah. They put a bow on it really nicely. And I think you can only play so many of their missions per act. Yep. And I think I completed, all the ones from the first act. And I think I made it most of the way through the second act. And then I was trying to, I had some more things I needed to play. So I was trying to push through and get, so I think I kind of left some of them behind, but uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, who we were talking about the thief, she kind of finds him and patches him up, like you said. And then he kind of feels like, like he owes her. So like, he's kind of sticking around with her mm-hmm. and, She's how he learns, you know, the essential things that he needs to do differently that aren't part of the samurai code in order yeah. to, to kind of defeat the Mongols. Because, like you said, they know their every move. They've already defeated all of them. So he has to learn how to kind of like surprise them and do something they're not expecting. Which is where the game gets really interesting. Uh and the fact that you kind of wonder, like at least I did when I'm playing it and I'm using the skills that she teaches you, I was like, is this going to have a negative effect on the story? Like, is this going to change the story in a way? And 
you come to find out it doesn't really change the story a whole lot, but there are some little things like if you, if you progress so far using the like stealth attacks, mm-hmm. you'll unlock like cutscenes where that are backstory to where the uncle is telling him about maintaining honor. Yep. <laughs> like, so you start, you're like, Hmm, I'm kind of like, it's kind of like slowly going to the dark side, almost like a, a star Wars reference. Yep. Exactly. That's how Those they try to make you were feel. So, we're so yeah. great. I thought they were placed so so wonderfully in the story. It just just gave you just enough to help you know build that character up. Yep. I mean, you just feel like after you, after you've went a little ways, you know, it's like you can't go back now. Like this is the only way that you can play the game. You start using all of them uh, to the point where like some of the decisions that Jin has to make later on that di- that majorly impact the story are like those very things like he kind of loses himself and just kind of almost becomes a Mongol at some point, you know, in yeah. the game, you kind of see that transition and he has to pay for it. So, yes. So I, I kind of outlined some of the, uh, some of the, the people that he meets like lady Masako, which is the, uh, woman samurai, uh, she is the the lord of her house because I think her husband has passed, and like she has yeah, some got kids. Yeah, killed at the beach. Yeah, got killed he, at he the was beach. Part of the samurai at the yep. beach. Yep. Her family got massacred, so she she's out to hunt and figure out who who did it. And Who's then you have, done my family wrong. Yes. <laughs> and then you have uh, Ruzo, which is like his childhood friend that you yep. find out. And now he's like a uh, mercenary type of guy. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's part like of the Straw Hats. The yeah. The, the Straw Roman. Hats. Straw Hats. I thought that was such a great name. Yes, it is. And then like after a certain period of time, like you find a Straw Hat. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, You're like, oh. it's like so Ronin Straw, straw Hat. Like, yep. like I'll put it on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, it just, there's so many good characters. Uh, yeah. The, and the, yeah. Um, think of the. The uh, sensei uh, Ishikawa, yes, with the, the archer, the master archer. Yep, that's his, one that uh, I didn't finish. I didn't finish uh, his story either. And that I was the, I thought that was the best one. Yeah, I think I got to the point where you finally confront her, but I don't think right. I've seen how it played out. So I might have to go back and, and finish that one. Yeah, I think you only have two or three more missions to play of that one. It's it's worth it. It's a really good one. So that one, yeah, that he's trying to uh, track down his former student who he thinks has and it appears to have um, betrayed, joined, yeah, yeah, joined the yeah, betrayed them and joined the Mongols is now teaching, teaching them the art of, yep. of ar- you know, Japanese archery. I mean, they even go to enough detail in there where they're, uh, you know, how he finds that out is like there's the Japanese arrows mixed in with the Mongol arrows. And like, he's like, Oh, he's teaching, she's teaching them how to use, you know, our arrows and make our arrows and, and how to, to make our shots and everything. And, uh, you know, just all the clues that lead you in that direction. And I kind of had a feeling that one has a little bit of a twist, but I never, you know, I almost, I should have continued on that one. That was the one that felt the most interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you saw it as, as it played out. So 
you know, yeah. even that story is not as straightforward, as simple as it seems, just like everything else in this game, right? Yep. You're sort of questioning like, okay, like, who is, really is the bad guy? What What is this guy not telling me about it? Because you, you get little pieces of that backstory as you do each mission and you find out a little bit more and more of the truth, which you continue oh, to yeah. question right up until the end. Well, I mean, even some of the, just the the side missions that aren't even associated to these characters, like you'll find a, <coughs> excuse me, you'll find like a, a guy that was, uh, his family got attacked and he ran, you know, and then feels bad about it afterwards and has Jin go try to find his family. And whenever he does, they're gone, you know, yeah. and then he, he has to live with the fact that he, he ran, he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And he was and there was one where like a woman stealing food from the Mongols. And then you find out that like, she, she wasn't, she was actually taking food from, from their people and just saying that she was taking it from the, from the Mongols just <laughs> yeah. to make sure she could eat. Like, there's all these, these different stories that uh, are things that I have to imagine, like during that time are definitely things that have been going through people's minds. I mean, yeah, it's all out chaos. People are just know. trying to survive, man. Yeah, yeah you know, just limi- limited resources and just trying to scrape by. And then, uh, the we talked a little bit about the monk, which I don't. You learn. I don't think. You, do you meet him in the first act or the second? He's a, act? he's an act two. He's an act two character, I think. Okay. Uh, do you meet Kenji in Act One, or is he also Act Two? No, I, th- I think you meet Kenji in Act One because I think he helps to save Taka. Is that you right? Cr- yeah, because he's the one that gets you into the stronghold because you have to hide in the barrels. Yeah, you hi- you hide in the in the sake <laughs> yeah. barrels. He, yeah, he smuggles you in. <laughs> yeah, so Kenji is my favorite character, I think, in the whole game. Like he's hilarious. He is every fun. time definitely I- definitely comic relief for sure. Yeah, every time you th- he. Every time you see you come across a, a weird mission, you find out that it's Kenji doing like some weird stuff. And yeah. you have to fix it. Yeah, he 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 shows up in the in the Icky Island expansion too, and for oh, one nice. of the side missions, and you're like, oh, Kenji, yeah, what the yeah. heck, man, you're back. Yeah, causing havoc there's, again. There was one where like he he sold the Mongols his finest, and it was like like the seawater or whatever he's like traded it out and he's like you didn't think they'd find out he's like i did but not as fast as they did yeah (laughs) he's like needs him to save him (laughs) oh yeah he's always like every time you talk to him he's like i thought you'd learn by now and he's like i'm trying but yeah it's always some funny deal like they even make mention later there's another part later in the game where you have to like sneak into a place and he's like you always seem to get me to get into these tight places to hide or whatever squeeze me into a barrel (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah kenji's good i I liked he was he was probably my favorite character just for the the comedy relief but uh i definitely liked all the the side quest stuff go that was going on at once and then like you said you you finally get to meet taka you know you save him and then he makes you a very important uh piece that helps you traverse the the world it starts yes. opening up some more of the the open worldness of the game because it's you can't really do much climbing like i thought this was going to be more like where you could climb on stuff kind of like breath of the wild yeah there's very specific areas where you have to climb 
Like yes. you can't, it's not a Breath of the Wild where you can just climb but anything. It's, yeah, but it's, yeah, I was going to say it's more set up kind of like uh, Horizon where like you have clutch yeah. points where you can like see on the, on pieces and, and you know, that's where you go or uncharted yeah. type climbing. Which I, I think definitely have a benefit, right? Because it's almost like it's scripted the way that it wants you to, to platform yes. there because it's it, definitely it, leading you. Yeah. And it, and it flows too, right? If you get the, you know, the grappling hook to a hold to a jump, like you, you can move through those sections like very fluidly. And if it's, it feels good when you're starting to do that yeah. platforming stuff. Yeah, it definitely does. There's, uh, there's like a few points where you're like, <clears throat> you're swinging from like platform or place to place using the grappling hook and it all feels natural. So they definitely do a good job. And we can kind of talk a little bit about the ghost as well. Cause by the time you're at the end of the first act, uh, the story has kind of spread throughout the land about the ghost and you are the ghost. Like you kind of start taking on that persona and like accepting it a little bit by the end of the first act. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you run into people and, and they find out you're the ghost and they're like, you're not the ghost. You're not 10 feet tall with red eyes and horns or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how could you be the ghost? Um, yeah. But and, yeah. and then, you know, as you get further in the game, people are, you know, you start to get, gain that reputation and they find out you're the, cause you, you gain an ability that, basically shows them that you're the ghost and then from that point on like everybody's scared of you and like you'll kill one guy and then everyone just starts like falling over and backpedaling and and you definitely yes. get some cool stuff that goes on with the, as the story yeah. progresses you, de- and, and you yeah. definitely get to a point where most of the combat you feel very overpowered yes which is the nice part of the game like so some games you just don't ever get that feeling like this one. You get so many tools and so many skills and, and it's kind of weird because they went like total opposite of a lot of games that are in this, this, uh, same feel. You, you basically get one weapon for the whole game. Like you can get different skins for it. You can get like, yeah, and it's all cosmetic. upgrade it. It's all cosmetic, but you could, you can upgrade it. There's ways to do that, but you're not like finding weapons and switching out or, or doing anything. You have the same weapons throughout the whole game and you just yeah. kind of learn how to use them in different ways. You can gain skills, uh, which is kind of refreshing. Like you kind of get bogged down. It's kind of like the borderlands effect or Diablo. Like you're just constantly trying to find the next piece of gear. That's just slightly better than, yeah. <laughs> than what you have. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, you before can... you know it, you're, you're paying more attention to that and you're not paying attention to the game as much or I felt like this was the, the perfect way to do this where like the sword meant something like it was, yeah. it's an, it's an ornamental piece and like, yeah, it's your it family's sword. Yeah. It's your, it's your family's sword. sword, your clan's sword. And, and he want, you know, he, he finally gets a hold of it and like he's using it. So. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is amazing. You, you draw the, the contrast to something I'll call out Assassin's Creed again, but like in Valhalla, the first weapon you get is your dad's dead at your, your dead dad, dead dad's axe and then like two seconds later you find something that's better you're like i want to use my dad's axe like come on now <laughs> yeah yeah and it's obsolete after like two battles <laughs> yeah exactly uh but yeah that's that's <clears throat> definitely one of the things i wanted to to talk about was just like how nice it was to have the same weapon set through the whole game and like not have to worry about that like 
you basically you're not worried about get, having a weapon that makes you better. You're just you get better by playing the game. You know, it yep. kind of has that old school feel to it where you know you're not just doing more damage because you picked up a better weapon. You're just naturally getting better at the game. Like the combat starts feeling more smooth, and like you're uh, you're using like your throwing skills at the right time, and like you're learning how yep. to dodge and do all you know all the things. And it's just kind of a nice break from from that other kind of weapon mechanics. So uh, let's see. Talk a little bit about Act Two, where you're trying to storm the the castle to save your uncle. Is like kind of like the main. Is it or no? Act Two is he already saved his uncle? Yeah. Yeah, you you see uh, the end of Act One. You need the grappling hook to get into the castle. That's right to to save your uncle, and that's sort of the the climax of Act One. You've now saved your uncle. He's free. That's right. And now let's you're figure out up. how we fight the Mongols, type of thing. Yep. Yeah. So in Act Two, you're basically uh, doing some of the extra side quests to help out the people you're trying to recruit because that's. Yep it's kind of like a mechanic to the game is that you want to recruit the allies so that they join you in battle at the end of the act. It's kind of like yep. goes from act e- to act. Exactly. So I, th- I think the, the first side quests of those, those side characters we listed off are mandatory. And then like the rest, like eight or nine of them are, are optional if you wanted to, but you need to do that first one or two to make sure that they'll be at, which you know, the I'd be kind of curious to play the game without getting any of them to see if they don't show up because, you know, I did, yeah, that's I actually did, a good question because I think I they did enough. Are are they? They, they uh, make it seem like they're optional. Like I think you're right. I think they're still they're they're silver quests, not, not yeah. gold like mandatory ones. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like the the whole time, you're like right. the way the story plays out is like they make it sound like you can choose whether you want to. Uh, bring them on board to help you. You know, recruit them is the is the word they're using. So, uh, I'd be kind of curious now to like do a try to do a quick playthrough of the first act and just not talk to them and see. <laughs> yeah, see, see what happens. Yeah. yeah, see if they don't show up. Uh, yeah. So the you're in the second act, you're basically trying to recruit everybody to do what you think is going to be the big battle at the end of the second act. And you're also have to try to get word out to get the Shogun to arrive is one of the main quests, I believe. Um, Obtaining your family's armor is one of the quests, the main quests, which is also really cool because you get introduced to another character that is like, uh, you can get a really good feel that is basically like his mom. Yeah, without being his mom, like it was his caregiver, mother, right? Yeah, his caregiver as a child. His, uh, yeah, his mother had passed when he was like ten or something like that, right? So, yeah, yeah. a lot of formative years where this caretaker sort of stepped in as that role. That was kind of like a sad part of the story because, oh, you know, yeah, you're not expecting any of that. Like you're just doing all these things and, and helping her out, and and she's the one that kind of teaches you the way of like the poisons and things. And yeah. then it just kind of slowly gets depressing and you're like, man, it, I don't know if I want to finish this side quest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know where it's heading. 
Um, yeah. And you, you find out some, some interesting facts about her and, and your father uh, as yeah. part of that. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, like you said, like you sort of learn the art of poison and, and that kind of stuff. You get a cool little blowgun at, at one point yeah. with that, <laughs> uh, which I didn't use all that much. Uh, but I, I use the mine occasionally. I thought it was kind of funny. The, uh, the second type of poison that you get that makes them, uh, oh, the hallucination the rage. Yeah. That yeah. makes them like get real <laughs> the berserker. Angry. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I liked that using the, that one. That was, that, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, the, the, the poison was uneventful. Um, it might as well just shot him with an arrow, but, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah. uh, quest kind of ends on a very somber tone, you know, kind of sad. She, you know, I don't want to spoil too bad, but yeah, it's, it's a sad one. And then, uh, I think there's one more main quest type objective that you have to do, which leads to, yes, it's the, uh, recruitment of the, the former revolters, uh, the, the Yarokawa, I think Yarokawa clan. Yes. Who, who previously tried to revolt against your family Yep, and you have that bad blood history, but you have to prove to them that you're worthy to like partner up and, and take down the Mongols, I think, because you yes. need more people for your army. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the second act is where like you really start getting uh, since you've saved your uncle and he's starting to influence trying to influence your actions again. Uh, he actually wants to adopt you. Uh, which was part of getting the Shogun involved is was also trying to get permission to allow uh, your uncle to adopt you, which was yeah. kind of a weird deal, but, and it doesn't, <laughs> it ends up going totally awry after, after a little Yeah. Bit, you you but, would have been the, the leader of the Island of Tsushima after, you know, yeah. if you, if you're able to clear out the Mongols, but, uh, oh my Basically. Gosh. that, that one line, I know we were messaging about it in discord, but man, you know, when he finally gets to it and is like, you, you must, you know, d- denounce, denounce your ways of that you've learned from this thief yeah. and you know, join the, me back, the honorable path of the samurai. And, and he goes, you know, uh, you know, I am not your son. I am the ghost. And you're yep. like, what? Like, that was yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, your, your uncle starts, you know, right before that, your uncle finds out that you've been using poison. Yeah, because you know, you're like you're using it on the battleground, and like uh, the way that you infiltrate that fortress is that you sneak in and you swap out all their booze with poison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they all poison they all, all their booze. They all die. Yeah, they all die. Yeah, because because you're you, you know you find out your uncle is just going to throw bodies at the problem, and, yeah. and like you know it's sort of you realize it's a futile effort, and everyone's going to die. So like this yeah, you is kind of make again, it the only make it way. a little ways make a little ways in and like they have to camp for the, the night or whatever. And he's, you know, sees how, what his uncle's plan is, is just sacrifice all the people that it takes, you know, he throws them all into that bridge without second thought. And then they just wipe that whole bridge out. Yeah. And that's whenever you're at the halt, you know, and they have to kind of like game plan and they're, they're going to try to go around and, and take the castle. But that's whenever you sneak in and, and take care of business. And then, you know, that leads to the the final battle of that act yep. is where you take out your best friend <laughs> from your childhood, yes. basically. 
which is a cool another set of side quests. It is. To, you know the uh, the duels. That, yeah. Uh, with the with the Ronin, the Straw Hat Ronin, yeah. the five of them or whatever that are around. Those are pretty fun. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's, and that's also part of the part of what I was talking about, where he finds himself in a really hard place, and he's really not much better than the Mongols at this point. He's using the exact same kind of tactics that they would use against him, you know, if they knew about it. And then, you know, by the time you get to Act Three, you realize that he basically just taught them how to do what he was yeah. doing. Yeah, now now and they're kind of, using the poison against your own people. Yeah, and, you know, was that kind the of, right thing to do? Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Like, uh, I definitely wasn't expecting that. And then apparently he's like a superhuman because he gets shot and then <laughs> and then survives. He's like, yeah, ah, it's just poison. Who cares? But kills everyone else instantly. Maybe they just didn't have the dosing right. Like, yeah, who knows? Maybe yet. it was a little bit weaker or something. A little bit yeah. weaker. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, he got thrown off a bridge. He, he survived, like, being slaughtered at the beach, you know. He's invincible. Oh, wait. We have to go back and talk. I forgot. Uh, your horse. Oh, no. We've missed yes. the horse through the whole conversation. Like, at the beginning, what did you name your horse? Uh, Kage. Shadow. Okay. I named mine Nobu. Okay. Was that and, Cloud uh, or something, I think? Yeah, I think it was Cloud. Yeah. Nobu. And, uh, yeah, you, you, like, kind of... I don't know. There, there's something about the horses in video games. Like, I don't know if it goes oh, back yeah. to like Every time Witcher. you do a mission, you're there with your horse. You're petting your horse. He's, he's yeah, your boy. Every you know, time you're sleeping you, on your horse, like yeah. Every time living. you complete a mission, they do like a little cutscene at you know in the village you rescued or you know whatever you just cleared out. And like, yeah, you're sleeping on your horse. So your horse is waking you up. You're sleeping on the ground. You're just constantly with your horse. And like, he actually is a good way of traveling the map. You know. Actually, use them quite a yeah. bit when you're in between areas where it's there's not a good warp point to it. You know, he's he's good for exploring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, you kind of develop that relationship with him, and then he gets, ends up getting killed at the end of the second act, yeah, right at the start of Act Three, right? Yep. Get shot. Get shot by your own people as you're trying to uh, escape out. Escape, right? Yeah, because you say, you know, I'm I am the ghost. Like, you know, I'm not going to yeah. denounce my 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 friends uh, that have got me this far. And, you know, so you get locked up. But who comes to the rescue, right? Even before your horse, your horse gets shot. It's your boy. Yep. What's Good it? old Kenji. Yeah. Kenji. Kenji. <laughs> Kenji to the rescue. MVP. Oh, right. man. Yeah, no, it's it's sad. I mean, it's what it's one of those few moments in the like like I felt more sad for the the horse dying than I did the uh, uh, the mom figure. I can't remember what her name was. Uh, uh, where is it? Anyway, that whole cutscene with her was. I would think I was more sad for the horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that brings us to Act Three, and. Act three is kind of like a weird jumble of things because there's not really a whole lot of main quest to like prepare you to get in into the end of the game. There's like a little bit of you can go back and <clears throat> excuse me, do some of the side quests. I mean it's pretty straightforward from there. There's not a whole lot of exploring on that last little bit. Yeah, there really isn't. Um 
you know, and even throughout the way, some of the things that you had to do in, in terms of like the side, um, the side optional stuff is like clear out those, the Mongol camps. And I think that that third area has the least of them all, maybe like 10 or something like that. Yeah. Like, I think the prior one had like 17. So um, there's just like a lot less to do. And I think a lot of the, the main story missions, you end up clearing those out anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah. Throughout that, the whole third act, right. You are, you are the ghost. You have fully embraced that, that persona. And, um, yep. you know, you've, it's, it's sort of the dichotomy of trying to save your homeland and also not trying to, you know, or trying to evade your uncle, right. Who's sort of after you. Yeah. You, you basically created a second problem for yourself Yeah, <laughs> by not choosing the way of the samurai. But I mean, he has, he has it in his head that he can't, complete his assignment without doing what he's doing. You know, he's convinced himself that this is the only way there's no going back. And I think part of him is probably has in his mind that, you know, he won't ever be able to go back. Yeah. You know, yeah, his uncle's never going to see him the same way, no matter what he says, because of the things that he's done. And he's, you know, he's probably just kind of owning the, the things that he's, he's done, especially after the second act, when you learn that the, you know, he's basically given the Mongols the poison and yep. you just have to, he's, he's owning it, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, by the time you, uh, you get to act three, you're basically, you, you have to reunite with Yuna, find your way towards the, the next stronghold, which they're held up in a port and he's wanting to use the, the boats, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, because like they're in the port because they're going to take the poison that you've like told the Mongols about to the mainland. To the mainland. And yep. yeah, so so now it's like, oh, okay, now if we're going to make a move, it's now. They're about to, you know, ruin everything, ruin ruin the entire like mainland. Yeah, so. which part of this part of this story is slightly related to the the actual uh, accounts. So like the the main thing that uh, defeated the Mongols in reality was a set of s- tropical storms that came through there and just like basically wiped them out. <laughs> yeah. All their, all their ships kind of got caught up in the, the storm and it, it really helped them. And that's kind of like the idea here is they're like, they're, they know that the storm is coming and like Jin's talking about it. And he's like, this is when we have to plan our attack. We have to catch them off guard and let the storm kind of help us out. And, you know, that kind of leads to the main battle with, uh, Koten, oh, what is it? Khan. Yeah. And yeah, he, Koten uh, Khan, I think. Koten Khan. Yeah. And so what'd you think about that battle? That was kind of a interesting it, it uh, was. way to do it. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be. No, no, I I thought it was, it's, you know, it started out the way I thought it was going to be sort of like a one-on-one showdown. Like, yeah, it was a duel. You know, you, it was a duel, you know, it, it was very similar, albeit he was pretty, you know, he was difficult. Um, but then I think when you get, you get him down to like 25% health or something like that. And he like, he bails, he sort of, you know, runs away yep. from you and you have to do this like chase scene where you, you could you could kind of fight some of the like the common soldiers you could kind of chase him you do a mix just to get by well and i um, think you've been shot with the poison again too at some point yeah that battle. 
Yeah, I think you are, right? So it's just like it's it's just utter madness, right? Like you know this is the end, but it's um you're giving it all. Like you you don't know if you're you're you know Jin's even gonna make it out of this one. Yeah. And but yeah, and there was a, a certain time like where uh you're in the middle of the fight and like he becomes just like a normal enemy. Like you can knock yeah. him over and like yeah, I, I was fighting him at one point and I was like, I didn't even realize I was in. Yeah, like because at certain points during the main battle, like he's calling in reinforcements and like guys are coming in and helping you and you have to like take care of the archers that are around there because yep. they're trying to shoot at you and stuff. But yeah, they kind of like they do a good job at transitioning the the feel of, you know, the first time you fight him, he's unbeatable. And then the second time you're fighting him, as like you progress, like he becomes just like you're so powerful that he just kind of becomes another enemy that's there. In fact, I remember using like the uh, uh, the ghost skill, like where you hit the two sticks down. Yep. And I just like annihilated him, like he was toast. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, if you, I, I didn't time it out right. I, I was as I entered that fight, I was like, oh man, I just used the ghost uh, like special. Yeah. I should have saved that. But yeah. So it it does a good job of like kind of transferring the power. Like you can, you feel it as you're doing it. That's cool. And, uh, so yeah, that kind of leads to the, the last little bit of the story here, at least in the, the main part of the game. Uh, if you feel like talking about the DLC afterwards a little bit, you can, that's fine. But I didn't play it, so I won't have any input on it, but, uh, so after you defeat Khan, it kind of like scatters all of his forces and, you know, you kind of have a slight bit of fresh air, you know, right afterwards, but it doesn't last long because then you've got to kind of confront your uncle after all these things, because all those crimes are still in place Yep, and they still want to arrest him. So that leads to a, basically another duel, like yep. very shortly after, like you don't really have a whole lot of time to reflect on the, the win. And they are just like, well, your uncle wants to see you. You need to go talk to him. Which right off the bat, you know what that means. Yep. Which comes down to how I believe this is the only two. I think there's only the two endings to the game. Yep. From what I read. So he basically comes down like you can play the the whole game however you want. And it all comes down to that last fight of how your ending is, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really neat, right? It's... uh you know, obviously you do the duel, you, um, you know, beating your uncle and he gives you this, you know, as expected, you know, he's, he's bleeding out. He's like, give me the, you know, honorable death and, and kill me as a samurai or spare me. Right. Are the two choices that, yep. that you're giving you the ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let me live and, and, you know, sit in this bath of, un- you know, <laughs> of, of, <laughs> You know, knowing my my uh, former uh, nephew, almost son, is now the ghost, and like living this in our you know an honorable life, or kill me, you know, I killed him. <laughs> I let him. I let him go. Did you? I did. How was the? How was your ending? So basically, uh, supposedly it's it's the good ending because <laughs> you spared him, but uh, you just kind of wake up in the house or whatever and you find out that he's kind of on the run now yeah same so yeah i don't even know what the 
the big uh, difference was you, you get uh as far as i read you get a different set of armor like you get i think the armor i got was like red was it for blue. like a new game plus or um yeah i mean you can go and use it in new game plus <coughs> i think if you want um but i think the only thing it does is like a so slightly guess, different cutscene. yeah just a variant really, yeah it's just a armor variant and it's a variant of the ghost armor um so it looks pretty cool nice yeah yeah so it was fun you know i think the only thing i'll say about the dlc is that if you're into the story um you know it's more of the same gameplay for for the most part they add they added different elements of uh what you can do with your horse um you can like charge through enemies now which is cool you can kind of just yeah. like blast through them um but you know you go to icky island which is mentioned a few times in the main game um but i, I never really understood what it was or, or or its importance and you you quickly find out like that is where your father died like you through the flashbacks you um you know three or four times throughout the game it shows you yeah. you hiding in a hut as like a teenager um yeah, and you watching didn't do your, anything yeah and you didn't do anything your dad calls out for you to for for help um and you're just like cowering you're in, like, in fear in this like shack um and you watch him die um and he can't certainly is living with that guilt right throughout it and, and trying to deal with that throughout the story. Um, so you sort of explore those feelings a little bit more on Icky Island. You, you find out a little bit more about the backstory, why they were there and, and why um, uh, they basically were trying to conquer it and, and basically set up an establishment there. Um, but the, I'll say like the pirates, the raiders that, that live on that Island were like, weren't having it. Uh, and that's basically who you're fighting against. Um, and you just find out more about that story. You, 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 there's an overarching kind of, uh, storyline with the Eagle, who is a, a, a tribe, a, a, you know, a, a Japanese tribe or clan that has partnered up with the Mongols. They have some sort of hallucinating poison that they give you. And that's how you experience a lot of these, you know, past, uh, memories and those sorts of things. It's really cool. It's, it's really cool. The enemies are harder, um, the, the eagle who you end up fighting at the end is the hardest boss in the entire game if you play through uh, even oh, more nice. than the con. Um, but it's really cool, man. I definitely recommend it if you have access to it to give it a try. Yeah, I'll definitely have to, to pick it up because I don't have the director's cut. I just have the standard game. But give it a, give it a little while until... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah since it's coming to the out. New... I wonder how yep. that would integrate with like your save file if, if it'll let you just go right into uh, Icky Island. I think so. Like, I think it would it would just recognize it as the DLC's downloaded, but... Yeah, I hope so. That way you don't have to play we'll through see. half the game to unlock it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I That's one that I think that at some point I really would like to replay anyway. So if I had to to experience it, I would replay it. Um, so that's, that's basically the story. And I just wanted to make mention that, uh, I did, I didn't recount all of this myself and I pulled, uh, the complete story from, uh, the reviewgeek.com. He did a good rundown of like the complete story, which is what we kind of used to kind of bounce off of to, to get an idea of what was going on in the, the story at certain times. Cause it's, it's a pretty lengthy story. I couldn't remember all the beats uh, that happened with it at, at that time. Uh, but yeah, so we'll uh, 
we'll put the story to bed for a little bit and we'll let uh i'll remember to uh, put the timestamp in so you guys can come back <laughs> and join for for the gameplay portion if that's what you guys like some some quick notes in here uh just kind of outlining the mm -hmm. uh basics and we can kind of walk through them and explain them and, and talk about our experiences with those as well so first off we could talk about the just the open world and like uh quests i guess a little bit we we already kind of like touched on those but uh like it's, it's set out just kind of the the way that we were talking about each act kind of opens up a whole nother portion of it. Um, the, depending on what kind of quest it is, what color it is and, and whether you have to do it or not. Uh, there's, there's so many quests and like some of the things, uh, sometimes the quests give you, uh, the, the pieces you need for an upgrade. Sometimes it's a, a life increase, like health increase, uh, just all kinds of things you'll just be traversing the map and you'll see a gold bird and you're like the first time you see that you're like oh what's going on follow it and it takes you somewhere yep <laughs> there's lots of lots of uh things like that you know you'll hit a map and you'll see uh the fox or whatever and it'll take you to the little fox den shrine and uh oh i didn't even do i don't think i did all of the uh, uh what they call those it's like where you had to climb, do the climbing to get oh, to the, the top. Oh, uh, the shrines. Yeah, the actual shrines. Yeah, yeah, shrines. Yeah, it was it was cool. You know, I think um, you know, obviously you've got the little bases right that you find on the on the map, um, and, and each of the three sections have a number that you need to uh, defeat so you can quote unquote liberate that section. Uh, but as you're exploring, right, like you said, you've got the uh, the Inari shrines, which are the little foxes. Um, and if you find those, um, you can you can unlock additional charm slots, charm slots, and the charms yes. give you like buffs, um, whether it's you know uh, extra uh, defense or you know, um, and, and they even have like major and minor um, slots eventually. Um, the, the more that you get, I think you get like two major slots and four minor slots eventually, um, yep. and obviously the major charms will be stronger buffs like I, I used one i think for the whole game that was like um if you're out of combat you'll auto generate regenerate health um yep. and there and there was another one that gave you a boost to the um like uh, collectibles like you you got more like pelts from the animals and more supplies whenever you would find um you know pickups throughout the game um but yeah the other ones were, were pretty cool some of them if you wanted to be more focused on archery you'd have like uh more like time slow down um you, know, you can have faster knocking of your arrow yep faster after knocking. each shot you, you uh, could, more uh, damage yep 
you, you uh, resolve bonuses and resolve in the game was like how you were able to do some special attacks that you eventually unlocked uh, through different story beats. Um, it's also a way like to a, uh, regenerate yeah. your health if you're yep. low on health. Yeah, so really you can customize your character depending on how you want to play. Like we didn't even talk about the whole stealth aspect of it. And I think we mentioned it a little bit a while ago about like shooting yeah. poison darts and that kind of stuff. But, you know, you've got two blades, you've got your katana, and then you have your, I don't remember what the, the short blade was. Um, but basically uh, it was the one you used yeah. to, you know, assassinate folks. You know, uh, there is, you could play this game completely stealthy. Or you can play it, you know, going there guns a blazing, right? It's sort of however you want to play, and and different areas certainly um, wanted you to play one way or the other, but you were never forced into no combat where you didn't want to be in combat for the most part. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we can talk a little bit about the sword fights, like just some different. Uh, like you could stand off with enemies when you first entered into a town or whatever that was taken over by the Mongols. Yep. You could call somebody out and there was even part of your skill tree that would allow you to like uh, one shot kill more people like in a row if you yep. win a standoff, which was kind of cool. <clears throat> I didn't do standoff a whole lot. Uh, I did at the beginning because I felt like it was like something you had to do. <laughs> yes. Then slowly as like you start learning the the stealth skills and stuff, like I would just enter a place and, and take out like all the guards and, and stuff and make my way in. and didn't really worry about standing off too much. Yeah. At, at one point you get armor that gives you, uh, you can go up to five uh, standoff kill streaks, uh, you know, five kills in a row. Yeah. So I started using standoff a little bit more at that point. Yeah, um, you can definitely start cleaning house pretty good with it right off the yeah, bat. And, and with the standoffs, it was cool too. Like if you see one of the more difficult enemies, if you focus on them and you initiate the standoff, like you'll guarantee that you'd fight that more difficult enemy first and be able to one shot kill him as opposed to, you know, yeah. general combat out of that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and then you had like the, uh, it wasn't a standoff, but it was another kind of battle or mechanic where like, if it's one of the like general type soldiers, the heart, like the harder guys, you're oh, talking like about. the leaders, like the, yeah, you could do the leader where if I, you snuck up on them, you could do the deal where like you basically just severed their head and it filled up your whole. Oh uh, yes. That was badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time you do that, you're like, Oh, well that guy has no more head. Yeah. I and, and your, your ghost meter is full. Yeah. You definitely, yeah, cool. uh, you don't realize how graphic the game is when you first get into it, but as you're going it, on, like you're just yeah. slaughtering like left and right. It's it almost has like that God of War feel. Like enemies mean nothing after a while. Like you're just mowing through them. Yes, yeah. And even even early on in the game, I know you've got it in the notes here, but the uh, different stances. I thought that that um, even though the combat eventually could, could get so um, I don't want to say necessarily easy, but you definitely feel overpowered if you know what you're doing. But part of what you need to know what to do is depending on the type of enemy that you're fighting, um, whether it's a sword or a shield enemy um, or, or the what, two uh, swords or or two swords or um, a spear or spear. axe or like a brute, like a big dude. Um, you have different stances that are more effective against each um, each type of enemy. And, you know, these enemies aren't waiting for you to kind of fight one by one outside of the standoff. 
So as you're kind of going around the camp or whatever combat you're in, you have to know like, okay, well, I'm fighting a sword guy. So quickly switch to, you know, whatever that stance was. And like, oh, okay, here's a shield guy. So I'm going to switch stances here. It does kind of like slow time a little bit when you go to switch your stance. So you do it have does. a little bit of You have a little, little bit of a leeway there. Um, but I, I thought that was really cool. think that I switched and I hadn't switched. Like I would hit the button and it didn't register sometimes when I was in the, yeah. the heat of combat. So I'd, I'd be trying to fight a shield guy and like, he's like why aren't my block- strong attacks going? Yeah. Through? Yeah. Blocking everything that I'm doing. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm still on the lance or whatever. Or the spear <laughs> combat. Did the, um, uh, remind me, because I know they definitely had it in the, the expansion, but towards the end of the game, did they have some enemies that had multiple weapons? So they would switch to like they might switch to a shield and a sword. Or like I don't think two so. swords, or at least they, I don't, they introduced I don't that in Icky Island. Oh, that nice. was that was really cool. So it like so you had you to know, change with them. You had to change with them, which was pretty neat. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the I put a little bit in here about secondary weapons, which I consider to be like your uh, gunpowder bombs and your you know kunai and yeah, just the different some different things that you had. Uh. There was a a wind chime you could throw out to distract enemies. Yes, and there was like, yep. that was cool. Uh, firecracker, firecrackers. Like there's all kind of the sticky bombs. You could you could turn your normal like gunpowder type deal into like the sticky ones that stick to the enemies, and then they would run around and like it would take out a whole group of guys. Like it yeah, was, that it was, was pretty cool. cool. I, I like the the kunai. I think that was yeah. my favorite. I did too. Um, I used it all the time. And it was also the easiest one to replenish, it seemed like. Yes. Yeah. And, and you end up getting, I think you end up getting to like five uh, by the end. Yeah. Once it was all, all, all the way upgraded. So uh, that was great to like help stagger like a group of enemies because um, you would throw out like three or four of them. Um, yep. And you would stagger a bunch if you could, if you could angle it right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was even pretty, it was, yeah, super it was nice. awesome, man. And, and you can do, you can, you could really play whatever way you wanted to. Like if you like the, the smoke bombs better, like you can mostly do smoke bombs. Like I was a kunai guy. So that was sort of my default. And then if I ran out of that, I would switch to something else. Um, but it was cool. Yeah. And I mean, that's even a totally different, you know, we haven't mentioned even yet that you can use a bow in the game <laughs> other <Yeah>. than just <laughs> the charms. I used the bow quite a bit. Like it was, me too. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty like it, it reminded me of like how Breath of the Wild works for like it's quick action. You, you know, you just whip the bow out and use it real quick, put it away. I, I would even use it in close combat sometimes, just depending on, you know, if the guy was more than like five or ten steps away. And it was it was easier for me to just shoot an arrow at him from that distance so yeah. that I could go go into another direction with my combat. I would just peg off a straggler, a straggler with the bow. Yeah, definitely. And then just move the other direction if he was the only guy over there. Because, I mean, headshots matter. Like, basically just as long as you oh, get yeah. a good headshot, you're pretty much taking them out. Uh, in fact, I think there's a couple charms that increase headshot damage, too. I, I think you're right. right. Yeah. I, I built my uh... guy for bow for the most part. Sorry, what was that? I said I built my guy for bow. Built your guy so for I, bow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's awesome. And they had the uh, the long bow and the short bow too for different different situations. I, I definitely yep. played with the short bow a lot more. It's the first one you get, and for the yeah. most part, it you know it's a lot faster, not as strong, yep. but um, especially for those close combat scenarios, short bow was where it was at. But 
longbow was cool if you were trying to like snipe from long distance and stuff and different types of arrows like explosive arrows um, a lot of times the longbow the game didn't really cater to to sniping because like you'd be alerting a large yes <laughs> group, group of dudes you, you'd exactly shoot one or two guys and, and you'd see just like a crowd of guys like running towards yeah. you like oh they're nowhere <laughs> yeah. <yet." laughs> yep that didn't work out so well uh, yeah so then you'd be you like i guess you could set up a system where like you could snipe off a few people use a smoke bomb uh, yeah, get your stealth back find grass and like just keep doing that but yeah i like the short bow definitely as well because i could fire off a button like I was, I had mine set to where I had like two or three charms to increase knock speed. So I could just oh, quick, nice. quick fire them out of there. Yeah, they, they definitely, there's all kinds of options and all kinds of ways to play the game. That's for sure. Like you don't get stuck and you can do plenty, like none of the charms are permanent. So like you can, you can constantly swap out. Like if you get tired of playing a certain build, you can, you can just start swapping out charms and uh, find something you like. Uh, let's see. Um, so we talked a little bit about side quests and the characters. So we'll skip over that. We talked about the skills and upgrades. We talked a little bit about the ghost uh, mechanic. Uh, so basically you fill up a gauge and then you unleash a uh, combat skill that allows you to kill particular enemies with uh, one hit. And I think the is there a way to increase it or is it, do you just get three? You, I think you just get three. The the upgrade with the um, with the different armor sets, which is another cool you know uh, fact, right? The different types of armor sets give you different bonuses, whether it's like archery or the ghost yeah. armor in particular. With this you know topic, um, I think it reduces the amount of kills in a row you have to get to uh, trigger the ghost yeah, skill but you always get three that's what I was you always thinking. get three kills if you do it within a certain amount of time i think if you wait like 30 yeah, seconds you or wait, something without yeah. a kill it'll go away yep i thought that was pretty cool like and like we like you said the first time you do it you're like oh this is awesome he's <laughs> kind of like, like chop that guy's head off and you become the ghost oh my and <laughs> everything about the game changes for a second like everything slows down you said before like guys like cower in in, in fear oh, yeah and and it's just like you can tell and like the whole art direction like just changes it, it like turns like red and black i think for, yeah. for a second there and yeah it's you, well, you I, are op it's awesome. even towards the towards the last act of the game if you're in like a big group of guys and you've killed like three or four guys like by normal means you'll have people starting to cower away like they do a good job at with the ai like setting that up like they're legitimately scared after yes. a little while. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's they'll it's just start really backing cool the up. Way they build that out. And then something else we didn't mention too is the uh, uh, the ability. Sometimes you'll you'll think you've killed an enemy, but really he's just kind of like laying on the ground, and you have the ability to like finish him off to get uh, some extra end suffering. Yeah, end yes. suffering to get some resolve <laughs> and and things. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty. The combat's just super fluid. And that's the the strong part of the game. The story is really good, but if it wasn't for the combat, I don't think it would have went over as good as it did. I mean, it yep. did win game of the year. Yeah. Perfect. Hand, uh, hand in hand, the story and combat were, were both top notch. Yes. And I mean, uh, like the last, uh, well, we didn't talk about the, uh, the guiding wind, which I didn't use a whole lot towards the end of the game. I, I did only because I was trying to get everything and hundred yeah. percent. Um, <laughs> 
So I, I had to get everything except all the pillars of honor. Uh, the way that the game worked, you didn't have to collect like everything, everything. Yes, there, there's some collectibles in the game where there's like 80 banners or something like that. You only had to collect oh, like 20 of them. Uh, or like different records, um, like Mongol records or artifacts, or um, you only had to collect like half. Um, so you could set your guiding wind, um, which is basically like the compass. It, it yeah. doesn't tell you necessarily where you're, how far things are away, unless you can see that icon on the map. Like maybe there was a uh, a mission, a side mission you passed by earlier on, and you're like, okay, well, I want to go back and do that side mission. You know that you're like 200 meters away from there. But if you just set set it on, hey, I want to find the the closest um, like Inari shrine, a uh, little fox shrine thing, um, it would just literally you would swipe up on the um, the gamepad and wind, yeah, the touchpad. Yep. Um, sorry, and uh, the wind would show up in the game, and you would just literally have to follow the wind. And on yeah, the leaves, you know, blue. kind of bustling around. And, yeah, yeah it was, oh, it was so cool. It was not. It was cool. And and even on, I don't know if it did it on the PS4 controller, but on the PS5, it like made a little like wind sound coming out of the controller. I I don't know if the PS4 has a speaker in the controller. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it does or not. But like even when you would do that, it would be cool. Um, no, it does. Yeah, yeah it definitely. I, I don't remember, but again, I don't know. Oh, I was playing with my headphones on, so maybe my controller was making the sound, and I never. Oh, noticed. you never knew. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, no, that controller was cool. Even when we were talking about arrows, uh, shooting arrows before, like when you're like knocking back an arrow and like, depending on how fast you would do it, the haptics would, would give you some feedback there. And nice. it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, you're galloping on your horse and you would be going over like grass and then you would ride over a wooden bridge and then you would ride over like some rocks and everything would feel different. It was really awesome. Yeah, how many times did you like jump your horse off a of- cliff that was way too high and he would just like eat it and you're like <laughs> yeah you're like oh, oh man oh, yeah because because no. your horse would like <laughs> eat it and then you would die like inevitably yeah <laughs> like oh crap um but yeah no that was that was super fun but yeah the guiding wind was was definitely useful um if you're trying to to go for a platinum in this one and then the last thing i have on here is the that we didn't talk about yet was the legend which is basically how you gain your skill points um, there's a gauge basically just looks like a shadowy figure of, of Jin, And it has like, it fills up from his feet up to his head. And then that every time you gain, well, you gain skill points per, uh, legend level. And like, as you're going up, it, it, you're filling in the little circles that give you the skill points. And then yep. when you go to the next level, you get a new set that you can acquire which I think that by the time I beat the game, I'd pretty much maxed out all my skills except for the guiding wind skills. Yeah. Cause I yeah, really wasn't sense. using them all that much. Yeah. If you, if you're not going to use it, it doesn't really make sense to, but uh, yeah. Yeah. They but certainly I, give you enough. Um, and especially if you like using like the kunai or, or like the smoke bombs or whatever, there's different like um, tiers of, of power-ups you can, you can apply and different skill points you can apply to each one of those weapons. So if you like, you know, one weapon over another, you can sort of prioritize upgrading that one first, which is, you know, pretty cool and adds to the customization and all that. Oh yeah. No, that was the, that was the cool part. The so many skills, like you can upgrade each stance, um, several times to where your heavy attacks do different things. Like you might stagger upon a heavy attack. 
Um, yeah, like like a spin move with one of them. Spin move, yeah. Like there, there's all kinds of things. Uh, I think there's a, a skill that you can upgrade for parrying, or like one of them was like automatic parry with the uh, spear or polearm stance. Yep. Uh, which is nice because <laughs> those guys will come in and like, you know, those guys, re- yeah, gave me the hardest time, especially early on in the game, the poles and, and the spears were yeah, difficult. You, to begin attacked by them, you can't even see them on the screen because they're behind you. And like, they're, <laughs> they reach so far. Yeah. So yeah the, the automatic parry was pretty nice. Like if you're pointing in that direction. Uh, yeah. So basically you get, which I don't even, I don't think I even maxed out my legend level. So you, I'm not did you ever be, sure. Yes, you did. You did not become the ghost of Tsushima. That's, I don't that's believe so. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that is that is right. That's the the last uh, the last rank. level. Yeah. I don't believe I did. I think I made it to like the second to last. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't do all the side stuff, like you know, yeah, uh, it, it gives you plenty because each one of like the little camps you have to take out, it'll give you the main objective, like you know, um, beat the leader and free the the captives or like blow this up or whatever uh but it'll give you like an extra one like okay like kill two enemies with the hallucination dart or that kind of stuff i did all the extra bonus ones that i could yeah yeah so Uh, if you do a lot of those it'll help you know increase your legend but even like the the random like road um encounters with like five or six guys and if you save somebody there that'll increase your legend too which is pretty cool nice um, something I was thinking, I forgot, I think I didn't even go after all of the special, like the elite skills or whatever. Like the, the one that I did have was the, the flame sword. Oh yeah. And then there was a couple other ones, but I don't even know what they were. Do you remember? Did you get all those? The, uh, yeah, I did. Cause I think some of them were unlocked between, uh, you know, behind some of those side missions. Um, or, or the oh we didn't even talk about the, the blue the blue missions the um oh gosh not the tales the the, the ones that the maybe it was the tales of Tsushima. The tales yeah the yeah. tales where you had to talk to the story writer or whatever story yes you had to, yeah you had to talk to the story writer and, and you'd either get um like a special move that would use resolve um like your sort of your special meter um yeah. or you'd get like a pretty cool um like armor set or something like that um, but yeah, w- one of the special moves you would hit triangle and then circle, I think triangle then circle, and it would do like a dash attack with a slash that, that was unblockable. Um, oh, nice. and then another one was, um, I forget the button combination, but basically you would put, you would put it in, it would use two or three resolve and you would just dash to the three closest enemies. Or if there was one enemy that was super strong, you would like hit him twice and then dash over to another one. Um, oh nice so, yeah that was that was really cool and, and very very helpful for some of the duels you can use those those moves in the duels as well at the yeah. end of the game for the one-on-one battles i think the only one that i got was the flame sword and i think i unlocked it like right before the last battle you get that one super late <laughs> in the game that's like the last thing you're waiting yeah, for that was the only one i got <laughs> <laughs> but i think I, st- I just stumbled upon the the storyteller and did it real quick that was a pretty tough one like going up the mountain yeah yeah, that one was not easy. You had that, that, and there's nothing else in the game that was kind of like that. For that one, no. you had to like scale a mountain and get to different bonfires and not freeze. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of it was pretty cool. Like I wasn't expecting that, and then there was like it was pretty straightforward. Like find the fire and then head that direction, and, and 
you know, go through the obstacles. And then there was like one where the path splits like three ways and you had to figure out which way led you to a fire. So I, I'd make it like halfway and I'm like, uh, there's no fire in this direction. Got to get back to the last one. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we talked earlier about how some of the, the, the platforming is very smooth and, you know, it certainly is, but it, it's not quite as smooth when you don't know where you're going. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And when you're cold, you're not very, like you start losing the ability yeah, to move very fast. Yeah, yeah. You start lose visibility and you don't move very quick. Like your guys freezing yep. to death. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I think we've, uh, I think we've exhausted gameplay. Uh, it's all the things I could think of. Yeah. We've pretty much went through all of it. Um, as usual, I, I pulled some uh, fun facts. Uh, there were actually was quite a few fun facts about the game. Uh, Sucker Punch actually hired real samurai to create the fights in the game. So, like all of the the choreography for the fights was done by actual samurai, and then they just kind of put it to the game. It's pretty neat. Uh, the leaves that were in the game were from actual snapshots of real leaves in Tsushima. And then they just rendered them, rendered them in the game. And there's like tons of different leaves in that, in that game. (laughs) Yeah. I can only imagine that whoever had that job was like, "Hmm, take a picture of a leaf, scan it in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was worth it. It was worth it. Leaf lead leaf designer, whoever you are out there. Yes. And then playing the flute in the game can change the weather. Um, I did not know that. That's yeah, I didn't cool. know that one either, and I never did really. The only time I played the flute was like whenever it made you play it, like a, yeah. a couple times. And then we also didn't talk about the haiku. <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, were you that was like... probably the worst uh, side mission, just because it was yeah somewhat boring. But it is... at the same time, you got to view like that beautiful landscape, whether you were like at a lake or in a mountain. Yeah. Or... I liked they used the same mechanic when you would scout a base and I liked that a lot better. Yeah, no, that's fair. The, uh, the one thing about the PS five controller is that like that, that singing that happened during the haiku, it was like right out of the controller. It was like right in your face. So even if I was playing a quiet, um, you know, late at night, I'm like, Oh my God, controller, like shut up with the singing. You're loud. It's like the old Wii speaker. Wake up the house. Uh, and also the, uh, there were some Sly Cooper and infamous Easter eggs in the game, uh, such as equipment. And there was also a, uh, Bloodborne and God of War themed armor that were part of the Icky Island DLC, which looked yeah. pretty neat. I saw some pictures of them. It was really cool. I, I played with the God of War armor for a bit. It was, it, it's pretty badass. Did, uh, did you ever put together the pieces to create the Sly Cooper armor? It was like a I certain... Did. I did. Yeah, I, I did have to look up a guide on how to do that. It was like one of the last trophies that I needed, but I'm like, ah, let's just throw it together because I want to platinum nice. this. Awesome. Uh, something that I didn't even think about on this next one, because uh, I always killed the eagle. <laughs> yes, if them. I could kill the eagle, I, I definitely tried to. <laughs> yes. Scouts. So, yeah, if you kill a Mongol that has an eagle uh, without killing the eagle, if you wait a little while, it'll come back and it'll mourn the the guy that you killed, which I don't, I don't remember seeing that because I didn't see that killed. I always killed the Eagle. Even if he tried to escape, I'd shoot him with an arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Eagle. You got to go. Yep. I didn't want to bring him back more guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
because I didn't know if he would or not. Or he's a scout. Yeah, exactly. But apparently uh, it will just take off if you don't kill it and you kill its guy. So you have to worry about that. Uh, and then there was also some PS4 heritage Easter eggs at the end of the game uh, that were made out like they were origami pieces of paper on the little bench, the workbench that was at the in the little camp that you're set up at at the end of the game after you've beaten everything. And it was like, I remember seeing this at the time and not putting it together. And then I saw a picture of it afterwards and I was like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah, I did the yeah, same it was thing. like a little Gran Turismo car and the uh, God of War hammer or the axe. And then uh, the guitar for Last of Us. There was like all kinds of little, but it, whenever I first saw it, I was like, oh, we're going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then, uh, so yeah, this is coming to the the PS Plus service in June. So if anybody that has PS Plus, you guys can hop in and play it at some point. So don't go out and buy it if you already have the Yeah, the give, give it another uh, month. You'll be able to play yep. it if you're going to be a PS Plus subscriber. Yep. And I definitely uh, plan on signing up. I just haven't. I haven't had my PS Plus membership in a long time i haven't played any games online haven't uh just really haven't played my playstation as much as i as i used to the switch kind of was the P- the playstation killer for me like made it made a target play on the go um i do miss playing some of the games that are only on playstation like that's why i finally bought a ps5 it took me a year to find one but uh but I, th- I don't think I've played it more than a handful of times. I started uh, playing uh, Valhalla on there, but haven't. Yep. Didn't make it very far. Nice. I'm not, li- not liking it yeah. as much. Uh, uh, I played yeah. all the way through Odyssey and loved it. And then this game is just kind of like I bounced off of it. I just yeah. wasn't feeling it. I can't blame you. It's a long game. Yeah, maybe I'm good for like one Assassin's Creed game every like 10 years. will be okay because yeah, I think I played four. Uh, yeah, no, definitely need to give my PS5 some more playtime. I, d- I did get Horizon Forbidden West, but I haven't haven't got to it yet. Nice. That's going to be next whenever I have some time when I'm not playing games for this or playing. It seems like I'm always playing games for to write about something or cord something or, or do something but uh you're just gonna have to, to have another uh, on topic modern with yep. uh, horizon in a few months whenever you finish that up yeah i know i know some people to call next time too for that so we'll, we'll definitely yeah, have definitely. to give it a shake um i think the next one that i will in reality will probably do would probably be on xenoblade 3 when it comes out i'm oh, excited yeah. for that game nice uh but yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. I know we're we're gonna get into the outro, and I know you do a little bit of streaming. So if you want to go ahead and kind of promote your your brand and and tell everybody about it, cool. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and on Twitch on Wednesday and Sunday nights around nine o'clock Eastern. I'm at Hambone Johnny. Um, doing a playthrough of Super Mario Galaxy 2 right now. Um, coming up to the end of that, collecting the last few green stars, and uh, I'm going to give nice. a, a go at the the kind of the, the final finale galaxy or whatever it is. So 
that'll be happening at some point in the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, yeah, cool. come hang out. We just like to uh, have a good time out there. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know you were there for a little while. You were doing the tour de podcast. Yes. Yes. So definitely, I'm sure that anybody that's those people that are listening to this are familiar and uh, definitely now know that you can go check out your uh, your streaming. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, the next game or the next. Yeah. The next episode of On Topic Retro will actually be on a retro game and it will be for uh, it'll be another retro rewind edition of the show and it'll be for Earthworm Jim 2. Uh, there's still, let's see, yeah, there'll still be another week, so it'll be a little bit over a week. I think we'll record that next Wednesday, so definitely have some time to play it if you haven't played it yet. Um, and if you want to uh, join us for that show, uh, fill out the uh, Retro Rewind review form that I've put in the Discord at uh, Retrologic discord and nintendo dad's discord uh fill that out and if you want to come on the show you're definitely more than welcome come talk some earthworm gym too i think we're gonna have like our first show where everybody's kind of yeah this is an okay game it's not as good as you remember but we're definitely going to talk about it because there's all kinds of cool things that are going on in that game and so this is uh let's see I think the, yeah, this will be the last NSO Retro Rewind. The next week's will be one that I get to choose out of like a random set of games that are reasonably priced, which I'm pretty excited for. I'm going to put together a good good list of games for everybody to choose from. And if you don't have it, you can go pick it up because it'll be affordable Retro Rewind. <laughs> that sounds great, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening to On Topic Retro, or in this case, On Topic Modern. Uh, it's a part of the Retrologic family of podcasts. If you'd like to send in your personal experiences for the next show but don't have Discord, please send them to ontopicretro at gmail.com. And I will pull those out and put them in the show notes and read them on the show. Uh, if you haven't joined the wonderful non-toxic Retrologic Discord and would like to, visit retrologic.games for details on how to join. It's absolutely free. Uh, we don't charge anything. You can come hang out with the coolest people I know, talk games, uh, talk movies, uh, music, food. Like, I don't think there's a, not really any taboo topics. People pretty much just talk about whatever they feel like. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's it for this episode. Uh, thanks again, Johnny, for coming to hang out with me. And uh, stay tuned for more, and we'll get out of here. See you guys later. See it.